Health Insurance 2.0 is proud to announce its one-of-a-kind podcast series speaking to the evolution of the modern employee. Surveys show that over 60% of all future hires will be done remotely. Stay tuned as we discuss this phenomenon and provide value insight to challenges human resources and administrative personnel face in a new post-pandemic reality. Without further ado, welcome to Health Insurance 2.0 and BetterGroupHealth.com. Hello, and thank you for listening to our podcast series, Health Insurance 2.0 and Custom Insured. My name is Cal. I'm one of the founding fathers of Custom Insured, and it'll either be myself or my business partner, Dimmick, um, discussing the arrival of the remote employee, which we consider an evolution of the workforce employee. More than 60% of all businesses plan on hiring their employees remotely or off-site moving forward. Uh, this is a pivotal change that has never really happened before and really wasn't contemplated prior to the pandemic. So in this particular podcast series, we'll be speaking with other professionals about how to properly introduce or onboard these clients, uh, what the day-to-day operations look like, about extending proper benefits and having the right communication standards to be able to meet these employees. Now, uh, we're specifically speaking to human resource and administrative personnel and how to integrate this uh, these employees moving forward. Thank you for listening to this uh, podcast series. Uh, this is our first one. And uh, let's jump into it. So without further ado, we have a new guest speaker for Health Insurance 2.0, John Tallheimer from Two Star Leadership. Uh, John works with management or middle management and helps integrate um, more of a uh, human factor to the employees to help productivity. Uh, John, welcome to our show and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, please. Hi, Cal. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, so I'm my belief is that every organization deserves great leadership. And what I really focus on is I really focus on the human side of business. And so how do we get our employees? How do we get our managers? How do we get our leaders focused on how can I be better today? And so it's really looking at the middle manager's role within the business. Because when I look at the middle manager, if I can improve them, even if I can only improve them by 1% or 10%, I know that I'm going to improve the people below them, and I will improve the people above them as well. And so when we focus on that middle manager, we really work to give them the skills they need, the tools they need, and either coaching or group coaching or development, they get better, and then the whole organization gets better. And so Gallup has done a lot of studies on the middle manager, and they have, they have the data that says, look, if you improve the middle manager, you're going to improve the organizational profitability. And so that's where I focus my time and my energies on. Fair enough. So it's just more of about, um, I guess, uh, the human aspect of who you're dealing with as opposed to a general message, correct? Yeah, right. And so I think every individual, whether it's a manager, whether it's employee, brings themselves to their workplace, right? And I, I have this saying, this phrase I coined a couple of years ago called the advantage point. And our okay. advantage point it's how we look at the world, right? And everybody has a different advantage point. And so when I think about my family and growing up with my family, my brothers and sisters, we have very similar advantage points, but they're different based on our experiences, right? Our life experiences, what we want to do in life. Um, and so 
when I think about my workers, I think about the people I work with, each one of them has their own advantage point. And so we approach the world differently. And if we're not taking that into consideration, and when we're coaching, when we're teaching, when we're um, doing performance management reviews, we're not really meeting that person where they are. Gotcha. Okay. You know, I guess that's uh, directly translatable to what we spoke about in our last conversation, John. Um, you know, there's been a significant change in a post-pandemic reality today where 60% of most all businesses out there are going to be hiring their workforce going remotely, which is a huge shift when it was before. So, you know, when all this happens and this integration takes place, which is starting to take place right now, um, so how does um, um, how will management you know how do you see management integrating those employees to give that personal feeling to be able to have an effective uh, communication so to speak when onboarding those employees um, what what are your what's your advice for all the uh, HR and admin personnel that are uh, having to deal with that especially the mid managers as they come on yeah and I, and I think I think the focus is when you're thinking about this right and so one of the things we know. When we look at the data, we look at the research, is that sense of belonging to an organization, right? That sense of I'm connected to this organization. And that's easier to do when you're bringing them into a physical building and you're introducing them to people around the water cooler, around the office, and you're having those conversations. And right. now what's happening a lot of the times is we're doing it remotely. And so how do you get that and how do you build that in there is really a big question for people. How do I onboard people remotely? And so what I've been telling my managers and I've been telling the HR people that I work with is that we need to rethink about what culture is, what employee engagement is. And so one of it is really walking them through and making them feel welcome, right? And so even a simple thing is sending somebody swag from the company before they start, it's going to be going, oh, I belong here. I'm part of this. I can literally put my shirt on that says here, this is where I belong. But it's more than that, right? So it's more than just that. And it's really getting them to know other people on a personal level. When you're walking around a building, you get to know people on a personal level, right? And you may have same interests. And so can you create in interest groups within your organization? So, for instance, can you have a kayaking interest group that's part of your organization that people go outside of work and go kayaking together? Those kind of things will build that, hey, I belong, I know these people, and I can do those kind of things. Um, and it's also just giving introductions and showing people how their work fits within the organization. Uh, this is true. Um, one of the ideas that uh, we came up with in the past is maybe to integrate question and answers, like mandatory questions to be answered to where the new employee doesn't feel like, hey, if I'm not getting the questions answered, um, the last thing you want to do is bug the manager above you or bug your coworkers. Because it's like you said, there's no one to talk to at the water cooler. There's no one to reach over and tap on the desk next to you, tap them on the shoulder and ask and get that answer. So um, to me, it's about all, it's about creating the time and increasing the uh, communication. You know? Yeah, it's so it's so interesting that you say that because as as you said that, I was thinking about a lot of times when we go to that physical office, you can reach over to your person in the next cubicle and the person in the next office, and you can stick your head in and go, "Hey, what's it like to work here? What's it like? Do people are, have to be on time for meetings, or can they be a little bit late?" 
what's those little norms or behaviors that are important, which you don't get to pick up on if you're in your office by yourself and then doing Zoom calls and that kind of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. getting people comfortable with the technology is also important, right? Making sure that they not only are they comfortable with doing Zoom calls, but they're comfortable with the chat features and the communication and reaching out to people, right? Some people are not going to be as comfortable reaching out to somebody via chat, via phone, than they would be if they saw them in the hallway saying, oh, I just want to introduce myself. I'm new here. Uh, I know this is what you do, but I just want to introduce you and then we can have that conversation, right? So that informal stuff, how do you create that informal stuff is the challenge we need to kind of figure out. Right. And I think that um, the only real way to do that is if you're integrating someone remotely where you don't have, like you said, that physical presence of them sitting in front of you. I think that uh, um, maybe at the end of the day, take a couple of minutes, whether it's whatever manager or whoever, whatever team leader to be able to address questions. And if they don't have any questions, they need to come up with a couple as a routine to get them talking. Because it's like the, these, these little issues. Uh, now, there's going to be a time delay, right? They're going to have to wait the certain times to do that as opposed to going over and tap them on the shoulder. So I think it just has to be with the uh, it has to do with the communication and the structure of everything, just like you were saying, to make them feel comfortable to get them in that that ease or that flow, right? Yeah, and yeah, I totally agree that and creating a culture of where it's okay to send a chat in the middle of the day or a text in the middle of the day. Hey, I just got a question about this. Let me know, right? And so and not have the boss responding like, "What do you want now?" Right? Because then as soon as you get it negative once, right? Then you're going like, well, I'm not, he doesn't want to be bothered, right? <laughs> or she doesn't want to be bothered. Um, and so that becomes important to kind of play out and understand people's emotions and what's going on. Now, when we go into a new job, you have to really put yourself in that mindset of what is it like for that person coming into a new job? Because it's a new environment, right? And so it's a new work environment. It's new procedures and new processes and new people, and for any of that, that's going to be a little hard, right? That's going to be a little hard. How do I address that? How do I talk to these other individuals? And it's going to take a while for them to be comfortable. So especially in the probably the first 90 days, the manager has to be there um, to kind of just check in. The other thing I would suggest is having a onboarding mentor, somebody that's been in the organization for a long time, that they can reach out to that's not their boss, so they can ask those stupid, silly questions, um, and that can help them through that, and then is also willing to introduce them to other people in the organization. You know, do those one-on-one Zoom calls or those two-on-one Zoom calls where they can literally, I just wanted to introduce you guys, you know, as, as we would do physically, right? A lot of times onboarding or orientation, I would walk around my new hires and I would introduce them. Hey, by the way, this is uh, Joe. He's my new blah, blah, blah. I just want you to meet the vice president in charge of this role. And so then they would be like, oh, great. And so, you know, why don't don't you guys spend 10, 15 minutes ago? And then, Joe, I'll come back and get you um, just to make sure that, you know, you know where you're going. Right. And so that introduction period is really good. No, agreed 100 percent. Anything that you can do to eliminate that anxiety or frustration to the anxiety that's already there on that first day, right, to make them feel as comfortable as possible. So, you know, what we're talking about right now is just um, effective communication to eliminate any unnecessary anxiety for that mental health of that employee walking in. And I think that this is on all levels across the board, whether you're talking about, 
you know, day-to-day operations. Uh, what I deal with is the benefits part of when they come on and they onboard for the group health benefits. I think that um, having the right um, program or the right platform set up for those employees is very important. Somewhere where, you know, just like they can with Zoom, they can have video chats where they can document tasks, where they can speak and chat, you know, um, in real time and, uh, um, and make sure that all their needs are met. Um, this is a platform that we built out for this. Um, now, we didn't anticipate this evolution of the workforce employee, but we had been building that prior to the pandemic. And it is, it's a perfect transition for a lot of these remote employees onboarding to where the admin can task everything that they're doing in real time. There's automation to support everything um, for each step of the process you're in. You can jump on video chats to where our medical billing specialists can contact them, set up their coverage in advance, stuff like that. And I think that it has to do with the communication. It has to do with, like you were saying, a very structured approach to get them in the in the um, into the uh, the ease of things with that mentor, introducing new people, and making sure that all the tools are available through every facet of what of, of the new job for that employee to be able to integrate them, you know, successfully. And so uh, um, I do. I think that's a that's the key to it is to make sure that the right communication and the right um, platform is set up to where you can accommodate multitask, you can accommodate the video, the communication, the chat, and, uh, you know, depending on what the need is. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think one of the things is when we're thinking about that onboarding process, right? And so that onboarding process is not a moment, right? It's not a moment in time. Really, it's I always think it's like six months. But one of the things they have to do is they have to feel comfortable with the organization. And part of that is how do I sign up for my health insurance benefits, right? How do I get that information? What do I need to do? And to make that seamlessly part of your orientation process where they can get all the answers, not just in the moment where the HR orientation person is talking to them about it, but then down in the next two months, right? Because we always have questions. Well, what, what, like my wife got new insurance um this year so we got new insurance through a company and so we had questions we're like well what about this and what about that and so instead of reaching out to the hr person having a portal to go to and go here let me figure this out and get those answers um makes it much more self-efficient and allows employees to focus on it when they need to focus on it not when we need to focus on it right which is a big thing you're offering i think no, it is. Um, and, and as time goes on, there's going to be changes. There's going to be employees adding family members, taking family members off, um, different changes upon open enrollment. And this portal, it does, it takes away from the time needed for human resources to address all these issues, make sure it's all tasked appropriately where all the resources they need are right in front of them. For example, the employee being onboarded, you know, typically there's a, a virtual application, depending on what part of the application is being completed, depends on what department it is, and has to coincide. So there's about four to five levels for each employee to complete before they're integrated into those group health benefits. And so where the manager can look at all the employees and know exactly what step they're each on, and the employees receiving all the support, being able to utilize all the resources, being able to... Um, you know, effectively communicate or ask any questions if there's any confusion along the way. It is. It's about saving time for admin and bringing that white glove approach for the uh, for the employees that we onboard. And I think it is. It comes down to communication, and you hit the nail on the head. It's about making them feel comfortable to interact. 
with uh, with with their new employees, even if they're not sitting in that office. So, uh, um, I I mean, I think this is something that many uh, HR and admin personnel um, need to be able to integrate because, as we both know, um, there's going to be a smooth or a rough transition, I guess, depending on how you approach it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing now is this hybrid workforce, right? And so it is. I think I was reading two articles this morning, and I think it was Accenture said that 60% of companies expect to have some type of hybrid workforce going forward. And so how does that roll into during the orientation? Are you going to have them come in and do orientation, or are you going to uh, have them do part of that online, right? And so breaking that up and giving them different things, yeah, I always think it's going to be beneficial to do that orientation, but it's not going to be the same because some of the people won't be in the office, right? You can't introduce them in the office. So you have to make sure you have a list of like, okay, these are the people they need to be introduced to, and let's set up meetings with them. And maybe some of them will be virtual. Some of them will be in person. But giving them that understanding of what the hybrid workplace is and setting those expectations up early is going to be really important and folding all the steps that we need to do during orientation. Uh, one of them being the healthcare portion of it. No, it is. And, you know, you're bringing up an interesting point, which I believe kind of transitions over to a different department, you know, the recruiting aspect of it. So, you know, if you're talking about in-office employees, I mean, you're limited to a geographic area. So there may be even um, one idea is to create assessments of the employee you're looking at. Those who want to work from home, of course, you can take nationwide approach. And I think that balance of what kind of pool they're looking at, of what kind of employee they want to bring on, is going to be a tricky one for, for recruiters moving forward, at least a couple more moving parts to the whole puzzle. Because like you're saying, there's some employees that just don't want to work from home. They, they want to be in an environment where they where they have that water cool experience. Others like myself, I prefer to work from home. I think I get more done that way. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that transitions long term. You know. Yeah, and I and I think one of the things we're talking a lot about is the how do you create that new culture, right? How do you create that culture? Because there's going to be some jobs that you can work from home, right? Not a big deal. You're working on Excel. You're working on yourself projects. Not a big deal. But there are some people, because of the sensitivity maybe or because of the hands-on of it, they need to be in the workplace. And even in this hybrid thing, uh, it's going to be important to kind of understand, okay, what does that mean? Because we all know if you're not in the room sometimes, <laughs> you just don't get the attention. And so that's going to be something that managers and HR people are going to really have to think about. How do we make sure everyone feels they're part of the team, even if they're working from home? Um, and so I think that's going to be a big challenge for sure. Right. And making sure that each employee believes they have the same opportunity as in-office or out-of-office employees as well. Agreed 100%. Um, well, well, hey, listen, I really appreciate you coming on our show today. You provided some valuable insight and uh like to be able to see you come uh, back on the show down the road. And uh, um, for those of you listening, please stay tuned. We're going to be interviewing uh, many professionals as we, as we, uh, you know, continue with this podcast series about how to integrate the remote employee into the workforce and how to bring that extra value for those employees at the same time, saving money from, um, excuse me, saving time and labor of admin and HR responsibilities with the transition. So with that being said, you can check us out at 
bettergrouphealth.com or you can we're on Alignable. We're also on LinkedIn. So please reach out. Let us know if you have any questions. And thanks again, John. I really appreciate your input. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, I am at truestarleadership.com. Awesome. Yeah, please do. If you're looking for a uh, a uh, um, positive uh, um, spokesperson to show how the manager can integrate the right messaging to all your employees, uh, we do recommend John Services. So, guys, uh, please stay tuned. There's plenty more to come. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for other podcasts soon to follow. For more information, check us out at bettergrouphealth.com.